Hello, I am Lisa Lowry and welcome to the Best Friends Fancast. We are an ARIYMBF fan podcast where we talk about anything and everything Allison Rosen. On this episode, we will talk about the Monday, May 16th episode with Mike Schmidt and the Thursday, May 19th episode, Champers, Chompers, I don't even know how they pronounce it because I've never heard of it, Brecky and Al's Grammy win. But first, I'd like to introduce fellow best friend, uh, Ray Morgan. Welcome, Ray. Oh, hello, Lisa. Thank you for allowing me to uh, flare up on your podcast <laughs> sporadically like Allison's imaginary herpes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> did, she, did she snap that uh, like last week? She's like, I've, I've got a sensation on my nose. Is it herpes? Uh. <laughs> no, it's just Ray Morgan. Really. <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> and I'm super excited to introduce longtime Allison fan, but new to our show, Beth. Welcome, Beth. Hi, thank you so much. And you know what? We have never talked before, so I would love to hear a little bit about you, uh, where you live, your life, you know, your whole life story. Just let's hear it. Just kidding. Just awesome. <laughs> go for it. Story. Exactly. Yeah, my name is Beth, and I live in Pittsburgh, PA, so other side of the country. Um, Allison and all of you A-R-I-Y-N-B-F folks. Uh, I work at the University of Pittsburgh. I'm a biologist. I work in a research lab and lab work actually affords a wonderful opportunity for podcast listening because a lot of my work is um, kind of manual labor where you'll set up an experiment and then you'll have a while um, where you're just pipetting and, you know, adding certain things to other certain things, right? Dumping things together. And podcasts are great for that. So that is how I started listening to podcasts. I realized that my work offered uh, an opportunity for podcast listening. And I found Allison a few years ago, and I have loved her podcast ever since. That is really, you're blowing my mind here, biologist. You hear this, Allison? Every time I hear what someone else does, it's like, oh my gosh, Allison has the coolest, like, most interesting fans. Yeah. That's excellent. Yeah, that is really, really interesting. Are you married, kids? Yeah, yeah, I'm married. Uh, my husband, Mark, is an eighth grade science teacher here in Pittsburgh. And uh, no kids, but we do have a cat named Peggy, who is the love of our lives. Oh, that's so cute. Oh, uh, well, I am so glad to meet you. I'm glad you're on here with me. It's it's nice to have new people. And of course, Ray, it's always good to have old people. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> oh, so you know what? All right, let's let's get started. Let's talk about Let's talk about while we're while blah, let's talk about why we are all here, Alice and Rosen. Uh, the Monday, May 16th episode with Mike Schmidt. Uh, writer, comedian, actor, host of the 40-Year-Old Boy podcast. Um, I ha Have either of you heard his podcast or heard of him? I've, I've heard the name, and um, it, my mind went to uh, Hall of Fame third baseman Mike Schmidt from the 1970s, and then I'm like, no, 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 it's another guy. I've heard of him, but I've never heard his podcast. Yeah, it, he was completely new to me. I, I had never heard of him before. So it was all brand new. I think it was funny that or interesting that super fan Giovanni was the one that facilitated mm -hmm. this happening. 
Yeah, that was in my notes, too. Uh, he's a uh, Corolla super fan, but obviously I do kind of recall when Allison was given the boot that he um, spoke up in favor of Allison. Really? Some... I did not know that. Yeah, a little bit. But um, and yeah, he, he wasn't happy with it. But, you know, ultimately, he's a Corolla fan. So yeah, I, guess, I guess his outrage abated, but he's still in contact with Allison. Which so. was kind of neat to hear. It's kind of like, okay, that's that's nice. So that, that that's right. a a plus in his in his uh, good box there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So they kind of started the the show off with with the typical Allison style. It's not about his podcast or about you know his trauma in life. It's about the water bottles <laughs> that he brought, <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was really funny that he has. A ranking system for water, which I don't, but I definitely know there's water that tastes like dirt or chlorine or is disgusting, you know, to me. So, we're, Ray, where do you stand on the, the whole water debate? I, I think the differences are subtle at best, but I, I think there are differences, but um, maybe my I don't have the refined water palette of some, but it's it's wet. I'll drink it. <laughs> um, my 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 wife and daughter, though, they both like they love the generic store water from Stater Brothers of all places. Um and of course, we don't have those in LA, so I have to go to Orange County to get that. <laughs> that's that's a very local reference. Sorry, but um, and and Fiji is really good, and I can't put my finger on why. <laughs> it is really good, and I don't know why either. And I think she mentioned that Voss water, which I think I've tried once, and I do feel like a douchebag drinking it. Yeah, it comes in a, like a glass test tube bottle. Yes, which, which Beth may like. Yes, uh, what do you about you, Beth? <laughs> I don't know. It just brings, I mean, I, I know what I normally put into test tubes and I wouldn't want to drink it. Right. So. <laughs> we hope. A big dysentery or something. <laughs> do you, Hey, do you do tests on water is what I'd like to know. <laughs> right. I, I don't, I don't do any water testing, but it's funny that uh, Mike was talking about the arrowhead water being disgusting, which I totally agree with. I love sparklets, but I usually buy the crystal geyser, which he talks about. I rarely use water bottles, but I have to buy them for my husband for work. So I do just usually get what's on sale or has the handy handle on top. And that's the, really the, the main reason why I buy it. But Arrowhead, there was always, we live by Lake Arrowhead and his family always vacationed there as a kid and him and his friends would pee in Arrowhead. So they always said, we're never drinking Arrowhead water because we peed in that. <laughs> but yeah, I drink the gold standard crystal geyser. Thanks, Mike Schmidt. Um, he, so one of the major stories that they talked about was his relationship with his wife, which he kind of started it out with the fact that she was kind of crazy and just left suddenly. But the more he talked about it, it was like, Hmm, I think we kind of figured out why he left or, you know, why she left. What did you think about that, Beth? what do you think about his relationship with his wife? He made no secret of the fact that he really looked back. It sounded like with, with a lot of regret, on his relationship with his wife and the way that he, you know, he said he was a terrible husband um, to her and that he didn't blame her for leaving. And it's, it's interesting. I, I mean, I, I definitely maybe like, um, like most people, I sort of raised an eyebrow <laughs> when he was saying that he met Jill while he was still married, right? And uh, so I kind of, you know, gave that a little bit of side eye. Um, and I wonder, I did wonder if that played into 
the distance that was growing between him and his wife. Right. Um, yeah, I, 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 I think at the beginning he, you know, he did kind of paint this picture where his wife just left and it, it became really obvious that it was a, you know, that both of them together, I think grew apart and were no longer, were no longer doing things together. If they ever even were doing things together, you know? Yeah. It sounded like they had their own separate lives. It sounded like he thought, well, this is marriage. You know, you just stay in it forever. That's just how it works. You don't right. have to work on it. It just kind of happens. And giving her her space to do what she wanted to do was his thought process that that was, that was good for her when in her mind, she's like, oh, I want to do stuff with you. Right. And yeah. And, and like you said, meeting Jill and having right now, they have a long distance relationship, which, which is a whole other thing that I think is weird, but meeting mm -hmm. her and having interest in someone else, obviously you're not happy in the situation that you're in <laughs> if you're doing right. that. <laughs> right. And he said, you know, he, he said, I, we met, he and Jill met, but they were both married. So they have this connection and she kissed. Yes. First met. Uh, but he, I remember he made a, a point that they said, well, we're both married. This can't, you know, it wasn't an option. But I, I have a, I have a hard time if they really did have that connection. I have a hard time really, you know, believing that they saw no future for themselves together. Because when you're in a relationship with someone that you don't have a, a connection with, and then you're presented with this person who, you know, you have instant chemistry, uh, that has to play into your, your current relationship. You know? all, yeah, it, it all seemed kind of suspicious that he just happened to play a show in Milwaukee because she asked him to. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. Ray, let's hear a male point of view on this one. <laughs> I, I don't think we've, we've heard the whole story, but mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, I also right. think, you know, 20 years is a long enough time to figure out if it's going to work out or not. And no kidding. I forgot I, about that. 20 I, years. I was shocked when he said 20 years. Yeah. Right, right, but but he I, he said or alluded to that she had kind of checked out a few years beforehand. I don't know if you know this infatuation with the new woman who I forget her name um, came after or before, and eh, I, I I think I, I think they were apart long before they actually physically were apart. Right. Yeah, 20 and, years, 20 years, like you said, is, is plenty of time to, yeah, to I, figure I, that and, out. And, <laughs> yeah. and if they were, and if they were both checked out, then you're, you kind of leave yourself open to something new and maybe that's what they were both looking for, but didn't feel like getting separated beforehand. I, it, it was very strange to me. Now I'm coming up on my 24th anniversary, uh, Monday. Oh, happy anniversary. Well, thank you. Thank you. But, and I, I already know that this worked out. Yeah, you did a good job there. <laughs> you <know>? I... <laughs> uh, there there's, yeah. Um, you know, yeah, it's, it's really strange that, that we'd be together that long. It, it is strange. It's strange and it's sad to be comfortably numb in a bad relationship. I mean, and I kind of, at the end of the episode, when he, she asked, when Allison asked Mike what haunts him the most, and he kind of said, nothing really haunts me, but 
I feel bad that I pretty much stole 20 years of his ex-wife's life. And it's like, okay, that felt more real than almost anything he said. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he didn't come off as the, <laughs> he came off as kind of a dick <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Leanne Ward, did you hear that? She'll, she'll understand that. Um, okay. yes. <laughs> um, I but agree. It, in many respects, yeah, he, he was, did. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't the most likable guy. I, I, I've got to say. I mean, with that plus, um, is not really fat shaming, but um, he kind of yeah, did. He, it was kind of a fat shaming. It was like, um, well, I've been through it, and I've gone through it, so you all should too. Instead of thinking, "Wow, I was there at, at that point, and not ready to be fixed, or not at that point yet, or not." I mean, when you're in it, you're in it and it's very hard to get out of it. So for him to get out of it, he should be more helping. Hey, this is how I got it. Maybe this can help you instead of, ugh, I think you're just making excuses. <laughs> well, well, maybe because he's been successful, he thinks everyone should be, but everyone's background is different. Um, right. One of our, one of my wife's guilty pleasures, which I'm kind of attaching myself to now, it's not Vanderpump rules. It's, it's. <laughs> <laughs> my my 600 pound life oh god i can't even bring myself to uh it, it's um these people i say like at least four out of five of them have had some really serious uh, early trauma and that's how they dealt with it they they yep. ate their feelings you know they they were molested or something you know something horrible happened that is definitely that's why i turned that, to food for sure and right. it's an easy addiction to get away with and that's the other thing the other side of his coin is shaming is horrible but enabling someone with their addiction is also not great <laughs> Mm. I don't know if it helps. In fact, I, right. I'm sure it doesn't. I think it makes them feel worse. So they go back to the thing that makes them feel better. You know, all these people are looking at me because I'm fat. So I'm going to eat. So it makes me feel better. Oh my gosh. Uh, you just gave me, you just <clears throat> jogged a memory of mine. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I would have like a, I never was like obese or anything. I'm, I definitely need to lose weight, but I think being tall helps to hide it more. But, um, when I would have like some binge eating, I would get lots of good snacks and just be like, fuck it. I'm already fat. Might as well just like eat more. I would watch <laughs> like shows like uh, America's Next Top Model or um, The Biggest Loser, like stuff like that. For some reason, I was like, fuck you guys. I'm living. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry I derailed your thought process there, Ray, but you no. just jogged a memory of mine. <laughs> I I'm I'm sorry. I feel your pain. I am for the second time in my entire life. I'm trying to lose weight. I've, I have lost like 35 pounds. You know, I months. met you for the first time, uh, yesterday and that's right. Great. So, Oh, well, thank Bravo, you. But I, I still got a, I, I still got a ways to go. I, I, I want to get below 200. It's been a long time since I've weighed that list, but I'm almost there. I'm at 208. Anyway, enough about me. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I never approached even close to morbid obesity like um, like he did. I mean, he was over five hundred pounds, but the rare person who didn't have diabetes, didn't have uh, blood pressure issues, I, it's hard to believe for one. Right. But, um, yeah, it grossed but, me out the stuff that he talked about eating. Oh well, yeah, gastric bypass is pretty gross. Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, you're you're just. You're bypassing your whole stomach. You're, it's like you're, ta you're taking your esophagus and just kind of 
tying it to your intestine and maybe making a little pouch, which isn't a stomach. It doesn't aid in digestion. Mm. There's no digestive fluids or anything. It's just a pouch that a little reservoir where that holds food. And I guess your body adapts. It's pretty amazing. Maybe maybe Beth knows more about this than I do. But um, I know I, to me, it's like you know, when you eat something, does it come out in the same state? You know, <laughs> I know there are certain things you can't eat, like he was saying, that just don't yeah. digest anymore. And one thing I did think about, and this is not to put down anybody that has to get the the bypass at all, because once you're to that point, you're to that point. But for him to feel like he's conquered something when really he just was like, well, I can't do it on my own. So I'm going to have it all cut out. I don't know if that's. Yeah. To me, it's like, well, well, you know what that does is make you eat a lot less. Why, why can't you just eat less? I don't know. <laughs> it's probably not as simple as that. But. No, it's not. It is all mental. It, it's all up in your head. Uh, you have to change your mind and your thought process for it to work. And that's the only time I ever lose weight and I can, you know, eat healthfully, healthfully, not just cutting out carbs, which is not good for your body or not cutting out anything, not just eating much processed food, just eating whole foods and not eating too much of it, <laughs> of the bad stuff. I mean, it's simple and moving. It's really simple. Well, the first time I ever tried to lose weight was, was Atkins. I had, I had cut out all carbs as much as I could and I did lose weight really fast but it also put my mind in a kind of a stupor like kind of stoned without the euphoria it, it was just like i couldn't i couldn't do math i Ooh, couldn't really fast. really I, I couldn't do my job i was like oh this is not good i i need to eat carbs again and of course the weight came back on <laughs> beth, beth where do you weigh in on on carbs i'm not gonna ask you your weight you're like wait what <laughs> no i i find this that i mean this kind of weight struggle and eating struggle is something I connect with Allison about um, and have from the time I discovered her because I, I've had my own struggle with with weight and with food um, across the whole spectrum, like you know severe restriction at times and then binge purge at times, um, and I, I find it. What I think, what kept coming to mind when I was listening to Mike Schmidt is that there, there's this distinction that I think we lose a lot of the time, which is the distinction between fat shaming and being honest with someone about their health. Mm -hmm. um, because when, well, I, I think appearance and health too often, like there is no distinction between those two in our culture and the the reality and so it like I, I hear a lot of pro you know beautiful at any size right and absolutely I think uh we you know I, I think we shouldn't be shaming they look or because of you know because of someone's appearance um and that you know that kind of the the tone that Mike Schmidt was taking talking about People who are overweight really graded on me um, because I think that tone, number one, it, it's just, you know, you don't know what that person's going through. You don't know what is putting that person in that position. And um, number two, you don't know that person's actual health. You know, you don't know uh, what they're, the, the way that they actually are treating their body. Um, so that like the fat shaming just 
I, I don't think there's a place for it in society, but I think there, or there, you know, there shouldn't be a place for that, but I think that there should be a place to have a conversation about health, you know? I totally agree. An honest yeah. talk, not worried about your feelings, but not hurting your feelings. There is a, a line, but I think it's, it's there. Exactly. Well, I- I think it has to come from the, the people closest to you. A stranger True. comes out and says, hey, you know what you need to do? <laughs> uh, yeah, when I was uh, grocery shopping, when I was a nanny, I used to grocery shop for the family. So I wasn't even buying for myself. But I was in the freezer section looking for something. Some guy walks by and he's all, it's all fattening. And he just kept walking. I'm like, oh, my, oh my God. God. I hope so. <laughs> Thanks. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> cool. That's And I wasn't even fat then. I don't even know what he okay cool thanks for the unnecessary yeah, maybe you, you just saw you debating and thought yes. he was listening to your inner dialogue <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah i think that you know i had a friend that i tried to because i was going through it too so i thought hey let's do this together but she was so much in denial and wanted to put it on, well, it's because I have fibromyalgia or it's because I have this or that, which I can sympathize with the things that I don't know anything about. I understand there are issues, but there are still things you can do. There are things where every time we were together, she wanted to eat the worst food possible. And then towards the end, it would be kind of like, oh, you know what? Today's my cheat day, so I'm going to have this. And guess what? Every time we went out to dinner, it, it just happened to be her cheat day. It was so weird. But you know yeah. what? She wasn't ready to be helped. I tried in my way of like, hey, let's do this together and keep each-. And I even said, like, you know, let's keep each other honest. Because when I do it by myself, I lie to myself and I'm like, fuck it or give up or whatever. And if I have someone to report back to, like, hey, I'm going to walk with this person or I'm going to let's talk about what we ate today or whatever, because it's, it's boring. But you know what? To get healthy, I think it's a good conversation to have. So another thing that shows... <laughs> The character of Mike Schmidt was him talking about getting kicked off the Jimmy Pardo show, um, which when he told that story, he seemed a little bit more self-aware than with the divorce and the food story. But that was kind of interesting how he kind of just start made it all about him, which I wonder if he did. I think even Allison said this. Maybe he did that in his relationship with his wife. Oh, I think she did say that. That it made it all about him or what he wanted to do. Well, I think he said that as well. That, you're right. that he was just doing stuff and and not including her and and he was being just selfish, really. Um, or he just wasn't uh, really knowing what like a relationship is. You just don't like live separate lives in in the same house and you know have sex once in a while. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I forgot how he worded it, but then when Allison reworded it, it made more sense. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, best friends that, that fuck. Yeah, it was more like just acquaintances. Right, like good acquaintances. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, um, wow. Yeah, it's a little more than that, I think. I, but friendship <laughs> is important, you know. Uh, um, you know, if I can... I, I, I can like, like laugh with my wife about really stupid stuff or inside jokes and all that stuff. And that's great. But, you know, I've, I've got good friends, too. But, you know, it's, there's no romance element to it. <laughs> well, we hope not. <laughs> we no, hope you're, no. you're not grabbing them and kissing them out of nowhere in front of your wife. Like, what? <laughs> no, no, none of that. None of that. And I, and I think, you know, for my female good friends, if we had ever did hook up, it would probably mess up the friendship. 
<laughs> yeah, coming from that, I've had that experience, but um, I definitely won't go into that. I do have one thing. Um, okay. <laughs> he seems he says dude a lot. I didn't and, even notice that. Are you serious? And and he called Allison dude a few times. I am shocked that I did not notice that. Well, you're, a fan you're, of the you're, Big Lebowski. You're, you're a Californian. That's what? I'm a huge fan of the Big Lebowski. And they say that word so many times that my husband and I said, all right, we're going to sit and count how many times he says it. And luckily we weren't doing a drinking game. Otherwise we'd be dead. But <laughs> so I, how did I not notice this? I need to re-listen apparently. Um, yeah, it, trust me. He called Allison. Oh, dude. Oh, dude. Oh, dude. <laughs> but now I, I broached the subject with my wife once because I tend to say dude a lot too to my friends. Now, I, I said to my wife, I forget exactly, but it was something like, like, oh, dude. And she's like, um, um, I am not a dude. Forever. You're a dude. Um, <laughs> I, I, you know, I am not one of your guy friends. I, I, I don't look like a dude. Uh, you know, I'm like, okay, okay. I'm sorry. I just slipped out. But, <laughs> but I, I do hear other women call each other dude. You know, I, maybe my California ears, like you said, I didn't notice it. That's kind of scary. But I started saying it more recently, maybe in the past couple of years. And I think I said it ironically, just joking that it turned into something that I do say. And I say rad a lot more now. But (laughs) it it just, it's kind of a normal thing. I would never call my husband dude. If he called me that, I'd be like, what? It's like he he started doing um, dudes. I was going to say dudes at his work. Okay, I'm just going to go with it. Dudes at his work, they fist bump a lot. And I'm like, that's not my thing. I don't even like anybody. But he doesn't do that. But he started doing that to me when we we would joke around and he would do a fist bump. He's like, I don't know what I'm doing right now. I'm like, please take your hand back. I don't want to fist bump my husband. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, I'm getting that a lot too, the fist bump at work. See it all the time. Do it all the time because it's done to me. They're like, hey, Ray, here you go. And I'm like, okay, I'll do it. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's a Howie Mandel germaphobe thing. <laughs> I think, well, I think on the job site where my husband works, it's not. But um, it's like a bro dude, whatever, construct- mm-hmm. construction thing. Oh, yeah. Dude bros are, are definitely big on the fist bump now. Yeah. He hears a lot of dog and dude and fist bump, so. That's that's where he that's where he's at. So then he gets to come home, and I'm trying to curb him from using it here, so he can have a peaceful sanctuary. But <laughs> yeah, the one thing I I thought was really interesting uh, when Mike Schmidt was talking about Jimmy Pardo's show Never Not Funny, he mentioned, you know, he he talked about his moodiness uh, that he would come into the show and he would be he was like a black cloud, and everyone had to walk on eggshells around him. And that he lacked self-awareness. Um, and I, I just thought that issue uh, was interesting. The issue you brought up about sort of this line between being honest with friends. Because it, even though it was in the context of the show, he did make allusions to doing this just with friends as well. Um, but on one hand being honest with others and being your genuine self, being, you know, being true to your emotions at that time versus putting on a show, um, in, or not, not even putting on a show, but versus being a kind, accommodating friend. 
Does that make sense? So that's something that has come up for me a lot recently is like, well, what, what's the difference between being a good friend, meaning being kind and accommodating to others and putting on a smile even when you don't feel like a smile? You know, what's the difference between being an asshole and being honest? Because sometimes we are moody, right? And sometimes we do approach relationships uh, with all of our shit, you know, in, in tow and we need relationships in order to work through our shit. Um, but did, did either of you have any thoughts on that or did that, um, did that stand out to either of you? Um, it's an interesting point of view and an interesting topic. And I know, I think we talked about it on possibly the last episode, um, but it was more about honesty and truth and people being honestly assholes or, or just being really truthful. But you're right. I, I see, I have the thing where when I'm moody or mad about something, I don't take it out on other people, or at least I try not to. And it's very hard not to do it at home because when you're around your family so much, there's not a break for you could just go and vent somewhere else. So sometimes they get the brunt of it. Right. But And with friends, I can curb it much more where it's like, I don't want to bring, I rarely talk about my problems with my friends. And I think that's my own issues <laughs> that I just don't think, you know, that's a whole other thing. That's a really hard thing to just be honest with someone and just, or to be a hundred percent forthcoming as a friend I don't know. There's so many faces to yourself. I don't know. That that just threw me. That that was a good question. Ray, where where do you stand? Well, I just try to be honest but tactful um as as I can be. But yeah, you can be brutally honest and really have no friends. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Exactly. <laughs> and I think I'm dealing with stuff like a situation like that right now where it's kind of like <sighs> People go by, instead of facts, they kind of go by what is not there and overreaction kind of leads the way to their actions or reactions. And I'm so not like that to a fault where some people will do things to me and I don't realize it until a day later. It's like, oh, shit, they're being assholes, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and I don't react. And even in the moment, sometimes I know and I just I kind of I don't it's like a paralyzation or something where I just kind of I don't know what to do here, (laughs) you know. Right. But luckily I have really good friends that don't, but I don't know. Do we go deep enough with each other in a relationship? I, that, I don't know. How are you with your friends, Beth? Yeah. Well, I mean, this is a, this is a struggle that I have a lot of the time because I, I think, um, you know, in, in a lot of my friendships, a lot of my even family relationships, people will, make it seem like, you know, we want you to be honest with us. We want, you know, we want you to just be yourself. Um, but then what about the times that my true self is not, it is, is not acting the way that I'm expected to act. Right. So there, I, I, I feel a lot of tension around that issue in my relationships. Um, wanting to be true to who I am but then at the same time I don't, I don't want to just be like you know the 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 bitchy friend who <laughs> you know who like alienates people because um you know because I can't just pull myself together right um yep. but then I, on a certain level I I say well what's the point of just trying to pull myself together because then you know I still 
I still have all of all of this inner shit going on. Um, so what am I supposed to do with that? You know, but probably uh, take that to some to someone who's very close, you know, take that to a therapist, take that to, right. You know, I think that that is the, um, that has to be the answer. And that's what I try to do. Um, but I, I thought that was so interesting that Mike Schmidt was kind of, I, I, maybe I was reading into it, but I heard him saying basically that he should have put a lid on it if he wanted to, stay on never not funny um you know put meaning put a lid on his negativity um, happier face for the show um and uh it, it, you know it, i i think sometimes a lot of what makes a comedian um interesting or makes them attract a crowd is that they don't put any face on their true feelings, you know, they don't cover up, uh, their true feelings. So I, I, I just see a, I see a, a kind of an interesting tug of war there between honesty and then, you know, you can't be so, you can't be so, um, on like such a raw view of reality that you alienate people. I agree. And I think that the people, you know, him being asked to leave and him being told by multiple people the things that he didn't think were true about himself, which were the, actually yeah. the truth about himself, was probably pretty eye-opening. And um, hopefully he could grow from that and learn. It's a lot of things that you learn growing up, I think, more. You go through friendships and you learn stuff about yourself. And it sounds like he didn't really have that <laughs> very much. He was living in a different reality, which I know people like that, that I don't talk to anymore. But, um, (laughs) you know, it's just, that's just, it's just unfortunate. And that's the kind of thing with my kids. I try and, I try and have them learn from every little thing and, you know, empathize with people and have all the different things that a lot of adults are lacking and to not have to deal with it as an adult being told, hey, guess what? You really suck. <laughs> Your personality right. sucks or whatever. Or you could do that. Then you go punch each other out in the parking lot and then go have a beer. Yeah, that's true. You, you ladies just think too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, us dudes could just go fist pump and have a beer and we'll be good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shall we talk about the Thursday show? Let's. All right. Uh, I'm going to mess up the pronunciation of this again, but uh, Chompers. Is it Chompers? Chompers, right? Chompers I think so. Champagne, right? Chom- yeah. Chompers, Brecky, and Al's Grammy win. Um, okay, so she starts off by calling us her little lady fingers, which is super cute. And I love, um, well, it's lady fingers, and I'm sure Ray eats scads of them. <laughs> as much as I can get. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> what, what are those? Are those the little, like, are they like bready things? Yes, that, that yeah, are shaped like, like pastry thing, yep. right? Like a long oval type I've of... Heard, I've heard of them. I don't know if I've ever actually had one. They're like upscale Twinkies, aren't they? Basically? I think kind, that's of. kind of... Like, that's like, it's kind of like a spread you have when you're having your tea or something. Yes. You could definitely okay. dip it into some tea, Absolutely. I think. Is okay. that what they use for tiramisu? Is that the bread that they put in there, ladyfingers, and then they soak yeah, it? I think you're right. Yeah, I think so. I think so. So it's like a cream and 
cake, basically. Yep. Like a Twinkie. Yeah. All right. It's better than fruit roll-ups. We're good. <laughs> so they started the show. Well, first of all, have you ever heard of anyone calling champagne chompers or breakfast bre- brekkie? Either of you. I have heard of brekkie and that it was only when I was in the UK. Okay. Okay. They, that's fine. Uh, yeah. And, and, and it's, it's, it's pretty common to call breakfast brekkie. Uh, we'll have some brekkie with our tea and all that. I'm like, okay. I, can um, think I think I know. I think I know what you mean. Chompers, I've never heard anyone say, and they don't deserve champagne if they call it that. Oh, it's horrendous. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I have never heard chompers either. No, I, I have think... recce, so I, I am I am guilty. Um, really? I've never I, heard of it. I'm like... I make, first of all, I don't like breakfast to begin with, but to call it brekkie makes me want to steer clear from anything called brekkie. <laughs> I am a breakfast. I'm a breakfast fan personally, so maybe that's why I speak so affectionately toward breakfast brekkie. <laughs> and champagne is one of my top three drinks that I drink, and I would never call it Chompers or Chomps like they call it in The Real Housewives. Oh, that just makes me cringe. It's, uh, and by the way, Chompers and Brecky kind of sounds, I don't even know what. It, does it really need to be shortened? I don't know. Are you, yeah, <laughs> is your life that busy that you're like, I really can't wait to have some Chompers and Brecky? <laughs> Although, it's not shortening it for one thing. You're right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's just changing it to something totally disgusting. And by the way, Chompers for Brecky, my favorite thing for Brecky. <laughs> I'm not opposed. <laughs> Once again, yeah, daytime drinking. I'm, I'm a huge fan. So it led to Jenna tries, which unfortunately wasn't food this time, but she tried Vanderpump rules, which she is not a fan. <laughs> I know where Ray stands on Vanderpump rules. Where do you stand on it, Beth? I I've never seen it. I'll be honest. Although my curiosity has been piqued these past couple weeks, uh, listening to Allison and Daniel talk about it. I, I have never really gotten on board with real housewives at all. Not out of disdain, just out of, uh, you know, I, I guess lack of interest. So, so yeah, I have not, I have not broached Vanderpump rules. Yeah, I can't. I, I, I don't picture a lot of biologists watching Vanderpump rules. <laughs> yeah, you'd be like the demo. <laughs> in all shapes and sizes, you know. But, uh, but yeah, it, it's never really caught my attention. Well, I think you are a higher rung of human because I definitely have fallen for watching it. And I, I know I mentioned on the last episode that I don't, I haven't watched this last season. So maybe I've been broken of the whole franchise, but I'm not sure. I, like you said, now I'm peaked again because Allison talking about it more often. I just want to talk shit about it and, <laughs> and it'd be yeah. fun to tweet with her about an episode. And she brought up Sheena again, which is, really fun all of those people are just they're horrendous people I, I find it amazing that these people walk among us these these animals <laughs> right all of reality show do you watch any reality tv not no i i really don't yeah i, I really haven't gotten on board uh the reality train um, i know they yeah. talked about the reality shows and i and the segue was the fact that she was on joe rogan's show which i don't know if you heard it but it was really good as always interesting and she always it's so funny every time she's on any show i 
I looked down for a second because I'm like, is this her show or, or theirs? Because she always turns it around. I love it. <laughs> That's awesome. Absolutely. She she brings it when she's a guest on someone else's podcast. And and Allison fans, you you're you've got to check it out because it's another level than even her own show. It really is. It's three hours, by the way, and it's really good. She starts getting into the Adam Carolla stuff a little, which the only thing that bothered me about the show was he was asking her about it and she was kind of deciding if she should or shouldn't talk about it or not. And then he's kind of shamed her like, oh, so you're still not over it. Just get over it. You know, kind of kidding. But it's like, well, you got asked. (laughs) Well, she didn't say anything new. No, she didn't. She was, you know, obviously when there's no closure to something, once again, another girl thing, I guess, Ray. But of course you're still going to think about it. I still think about the fact that I have, um, you know, estranged relationships with people that I haven't talked to for many, many years. And it still hurts. And especially when there's an unknown factor in it and then hers to be so public and so mean and nasty. She's not over it. I mean, you're not going to be over it, but she she's moved on. She's made something greater than she had before. So. Right. Right. And I think I said before, I, I, he, he did her a backhanded favor. Yep. I, I totally understand how that goes. (laughs) (laughs) um so super exciting is the fact that she mentioned that she had a special guest so she teased it at the beginning so we won't even talk about it till the end so i'm just going to tease it too that she had super fan or super fan ultra fan (laughs) she called him super fan (laughs) and i just finished recording an exclusive exclusive interview behind the scenes with him so i'm that'll be fun for hopefully, hopefully fun for you guys. It was fun for me to record, but um, I know he was bummed that there that <laughs> that Greg wasn't there. Uh, I'm always bummed every week that Greg's not there because he certainly has become a big part of the show. Um, he recorded a message for them saying he's not going and for Raphael just to say he wasn't going to be there and he apologized. But um, I liked well, getting. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just saying, there was so many drops of Greg, it felt like he was there. <laughs> I know, and you know how we had talked about uh, on another show how fun it would be if Colonel Jeff just made a show out of drops and just to make a show out of it, to see how he can, you know, and just even just playing all of those was so funny. It's entertaining. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, he probably could. Yeah. He's good enough be- by now. <laughs> and it was nice also to get a little peek. It was really funny because Greg not being there kind of sparked the conversations about Greg, like the stuff that we don't know or see or hear about. Jenna talking about how he secretly grabs his phone out and is texting with his wife. And Al and Jenna were both kind of like, oh, let's get some, it was a little, you know, dirt. Yeah, for, for Greg not being there, it was still... There's still so much talk about Greg. <laughs> it was. And just, it. <laughs> like Colonel, yeah. I, I don't know if it was Colonel Jeff was like, oh, it's just like he's here. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then they talked about, uh, Al and Jenna talked, they said, you know, well, we really have to bring our A-plus game, not just our A game, because Greg's gone. So we have to fill up some space, you know, so we had to do our voice warm-ups. And that led to some funny Al drops. And then we got to hear them warming up their voices. And then, of course, it turned into a great story about Al that he's a Grammy award winning. He was a part of a Grammy award winning choir at his high school. You know, the whole music program got the Grammy and he's like, yeah, it's mine. (laughs) (laughs) My personal Grammy. 
And I know that he's talked about scatting on, I thought he talked about it on this, on Allison's show, but they seem pretty surprised about it. I know they talked about it on Sorry Not Sorry, but, Mm -hmm. um, and his acapella group, we've heard all of those names, but the scat choir called the Wild Scats was really funny. (laughs) So talking about scatting, that led, of course, Jenna and Allison, which I thought was really funny that they, um, they naturally harmonize. And of course, there's so many drops now that are evidence of this, but it keeps happening just by accident. (laughs) (laughs) I wish we could have those drops. They make me laugh so hard. (laughs) I think that um, then when they tried to do it on, then they tried to harmonize together and it was (laughs) so off. (laughs) Right. But, But they killed Nifty 50 or whatever that song is. We didn't have that song in school. My- yeah, I had never heard that before, uh, but they had it down. They really did. And I'm surprised they didn't sing it today, but I... It just sort of creates space for it. It, it seemed, it did seem like Al and Jenna were more, you know, a little more vocal. Um, not, you know, not that, uh, not that they're usually, uh, like, quiet the whole time or anything but it just seemed like it created a little bit of space for for their personalities to be a little you know just like a little more at the forefront yeah greg definitely commandeers space right right (laughs) and i think that's what we love about him (laughs) right right but i think it's interesting you know the question you asked about friends about the last episode was really kind of ties in with allison's question you know, but it was kind of, you know, how people are in life or whatever. She didn't want to be come off as like a ranter, but she was talking about the, the nurse that was, you know, sort of a piece of shit to her at the office, at the doctor's office. Right. And the people working there are always talking about, oh, when my break is, or I'm, I haven't had my break yet, or I'm about to go on lunch, or I hear that conversation more often than anything else. And I feel like guilty for her taking up their time or sorry, I just need to buy something really quick. I, I think Daniel hit the nail on the head. If they all act like, like wait staff at a restaurant, oh, how, how may I serve you? You know, that, that would go a long way. Even if they don't mean it, yeah. <laughs> you know, just, just give I, an air of customer service. Yes. A bit. Maybe, t- maybe tips or what is going to have to happen, but I don't want that to have to happen. They get paid no, enough. No, no, no. Um, I think, and the other thing is she says the overreaction instead of just saying, Oh, I'm not sure, you know, or I don't know. It's, I have to make a big example of you and how the fuck would I know you big idiot? Like <laughs> really? You have to <laughs> belittle me too. I'm just asking a question. Cause I'm sitting here in the doctor's office with something going on. Yeah, I and I find this all the time if I'm in a situation where I'm asking a question that I genuinely don't know the answer to, but the person that I'm asking has answered this question already about 700 times that day, you know. Mm-hmm. And it it's it's really it, it is, you know, it is a shitty kind of, you know, kind of situation for that person to be in. Like I, I just got my passport renewed about a month ago and I needed, like I would, I hadn't changed my name on it since I had gotten married. So I needed to do that and also renew my passport. Uh, so I needed two different forms and I had this whole, you know, situation and the person that I was asking was acting as though like you 
idiot. Why don't you know this already? Uh, But to me, you know, I was like, this is the one and only time in my whole entire life that I will be doing this specific thing. Um, And I I don't know these answers. You know, people get their passports renewed like a couple of times in their lives. We don't remember all these details in between. Right, um, and we're not born yeah. with this knowledge of, right. of yeah, that, the I six hundred four form, or you know, whatever it is. I just wonder, like, is there a way maybe for this position to not be, you know, is there a way for these people to be like rotated in some way, so that one answering the same three questions literally for eight hours a day, five days a week, you know, because it just creates this, you know, this like tough exterior where they're like, yeah, how do you not know the answer to this already? I, or they you give know, you the robot yes. response. Yeah. Like you take this thing and you do this <laughs> and then right. you do that, you know? You right. know, I think Maybe about they need acting lessons. Yes, exactly. See, whenever when I, I had a job where I had to repeat, don't act like it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. When I had a job where I had to repeat myself a hundred million times, I took that into account that this person has never done this before, and I am here to do the job that I am paid to do. Period. And I think about like teachers or whatever. Like I think about my kids' teachers. I sure as hell hope, yeah, they have to repeat a whole year of shit and the same questions. And I hope that they have the patience and the decency and they're not even getting paid that much to do a great job. But I I had that happen with me a few times. I know one time I was taking a college class and there was something that I had to do with a library and there was a card I needed to fill out. I didn't know what everybody was asking this guy questions and he fucking ripped my head off. And I'm like, dude, I don't get paid to to know that information you do. So how about you tell me, (laughs) you know? Yeah, that's I I love. I just said dude, didn't I? (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> California is having an effect. Totally oh did. My husband just got home and he said, Where do you want to eat tonight? And I'm like, um, I don't know. And I said, Wow, that was really Valley Girl. Cool. <laughs> but I, I did love Al's take uh, that if it, he said, If I find myself being upset at people for, at, for expecting me to do my job, then it's time to move on to a different job, you know? That, and I, yes. I thought that I was like, yes, absolutely. When, you know, when we start to get jaded with our jobs uh, and when, when we're asked to do things that are well within the expectations of our job and we're just pissed about it, well, maybe it's time to take a step back. <laughs> that is a great way of looking at it and, and articulating it. Al, you're the best. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, it does. And so one of my favorite things about this episode, it's, it's a tie, but um, she gave a huge shout out to this show, which is awesome. And yeah, it was like, oh, so cool. And I know it probably wouldn't have happened if, you know, Megan wasn't in her ear and, and Raphael wasn't on the show. But I know she gave some shout outs when we first started GMO Patrol. And now that it's changed, I think it's cool that she gave us another shout out. Um, because 
you know, we love her and I, I want to make her proud of what we're doing because we're, we're, we're basically riding her coattails here. So I don't want, you know, there's a, a boundary of, I don't want to step over a line, but I want to, I want her to know that, that that's the whole reason why we're here doing this is because she's so great and we love talking about her. So, I mean, right. Right. I, I have a confession. Uh-oh. I, I, I sent her an email. To say that, <laughs> you know, I, I think Lisa would really dig it if you, um, you know, kind of give her a shout out on your show. And, and she sent me an email back saying, I'm going to do that. And I love the logo, too. And I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> she's too kind. <laughs> Round of applause to Ray on the logo. Boop, boop. <laughs> but yeah, so that I'll uh, stop patting myself on the back. So. Then, okay, so they talked about, do you guys eat with your respective spouse, family, at a table? Actually, even by yourself, do you guys eat at a table or is it just on a couch in front of a TV? What What's your... Basically... Well, um, mm-hmm. we, um, we pretty... My wife and I just pretty much ate in bed in front of the TV <laughs> until we uh, our daughter came around. And she's like, we're going to eat at the table every night like a family. And, you know, she was in, the baby was in her high chair and we sat at the table and we ate. And that lasted for, I don't know, a few years. Now that she's 14, we've got three separate meals and three separate rooms and three, three separate <laughs> TVs. And it's, and it's awesome. <laughs> but growing up, growing up, we, we ate at the table every Sunday and once in a while during the week, but not often. Mm-hmm. What um, about what you guys? About you? Yeah, growing up, uh, we ate at the table three meals a day. Like any time we were home, you know, breakfast was always at the table together. Uh, lunch, if it was like, you know, if we were home, we ate at the table together. And dinner always. I mean, I, I don't remember really ever having dinner not at the dining room table. Um, but yeah, since, since I, you know, moved out from my parents, you know, since I went to college, that hasn't been the case. Uh, it's just pretty much in front of the TV and yeah, I, I, most people I know that thing when they have kids where they're like, you know, now, now's the time we're going to be a family and sit around a table. But I have noticed once the, once, you know, once the kids get to a certain age that falls by the wayside. It's so So. true. It's so funny because growing up, I definitely, we had dinner every night together. And so when I thought, well, when I have a family, I want to do that because that was such a great time. Um, But, you know, before kids, my husband and I, we lived in a really small house before. So the most comfortable spot was on the couch with the coffee table. And that was our table, basically watching TV. And then it's like, well, when we had kids, okay, we're going to sit at the table. And I know none of us want to be there. We And it's funny because when I hear, you know, Jenna and Al talking about the exact same thing that they're going to do, we don't now, but we're going to once she's older, you know, soon now that we have kids or a kid. And it's so funny that you force that because you want that because you grew up with it or you see it on TV or whatever the reason is. And, but none of us, you know, you try and start conversations and it's just kind of like, okay, well, this is cool. (laughs) But Allison says, you know, when can this be over now? Can we move on? Yeah. That's exactly how it is. And on Tuesdays is the only night that we don't really all sit down together 
except for right now it's really busy the kids are doing a bunch of extracurricular stuff where we're all just kind of like eating in the car basically from one thing to the next but on tuesdays he has school so we would that was the only time that i was like okay you can have your ipad at the table and we're all kind of sitting here watching you know i have got my tablet both kids have an ipad and we're all just kind of like just in our own world it's kind of like our break from from the usual but typically we try and have a family dinner and I don't know. I don't know if it's great or if it's if it's worse. I have no idea. Like you said, is this over yet? Like Allison said. Right. Right. You know, it, I love that it kind of led to Jenna talking about growing up, you know, in her household with the food and how they kind of have to hide food, which is just like having roommates. Um, right. I, I never right. really had that situation. I don't know if you guys have to hide food at your house. Yeah, everything. Uh, yeah. Gr- I mean, growing up, everything was just all, you know, free basically free for all, but it was all just shared. Yeah. There was no, and it, it was like kind of, I, I think if one of us would have tried to sequester something for ourselves, we'd be like, you know, you can't do that. You can't just take it for yourself. It was, yeah, it was very much not that way. They asked, you know, how do you keep food without it being taken? You know, if it's, where do you hide it or where can you put it if it needs to be refrigerated? And she said, oh, you know, there's another refrigerator down downstairs that you could hide it. And they said, oh, yeah, behind the doll head. And it's just like, I like how they said it so matter-of-factly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, everyone has a doll head in their fridge. You know, the doll head. I think growing up in that family sounds like so much fun. I We didn't have that in my family with the pranks, but when I moved in with my friend and her mom in high school, actually right out of high school, we had that where we had different, you know, we did have like a, I think we had a fake arm once, like a Halloween prop that we just kind of like put in everybody's things. I think we even mailed it to each other a few times, um, putting it in the fridge, doing different things like that. I think that's so much fun. I don't know. Do you guys do that at your house? Not, yeah, not a lot of pranking, but I'm kind of jealous of people who have that, you know, like that pranking relationship with their family, especially. I think Janae sounds like she she's a pretty cool mom. She really does. I like I, how they talked about her being competitive, how she stopped the car once to have a race to see if she was faster than everyone or something. Right. I remember <laughs> that. Right. And I know, I know that, you know, they've said Janae will never come on the podcast, but man, I would, I would love for that to happen. I would too. I, that would be one that if she said, you know what, we can raise money or whatever, charge however yeah, much to have, better. yeah, like have a mom round table would be amazing. I would love that. So now I want to talk about the the other thing that I love about this episode. I, I have to say it's not a tie. This is the number one is that um, super fan, ultra fan, Raphael was on her show. Best friend of this show. Uh, he... You know, I talked more about it on another when I um, interviewed him earlier, so I won't go into 100 percent detail, but I love to talk to you about what you thought about it. And I think I am so jealous. <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and, you know, he started off a little nervous, but then he uh, became around. He sounded fine. And, you know, when, when we had lunch yesterday, he, he'd say, oh, I was so nervous. It, it, it must sound awful. It didn't sound awful at all. 
Um, I think he did pretty well. And he was, and you know, he's, he's so, he's such a nice person really. And that kind of came through too, with all the gifts and all the shout outs and all that stuff too. Yes. So thoughtful to bring each person something, to bring questions to the table, just, and obviously she trusted him to go to her house. So he's very nice. Yeah. And I thought his questions were just really thoughtful. I thought like the, the worst gig question for Allison Uh, you know that was something I never thought about of course I knew she was in a band um, but I never really thought you know to to ask that Uh, and the Twin Peaks question for Daniel is just so personalized so thoughtful it really was Um, and talking to him like you said Ray at lunch was really really fun to kind of get a little peek and I don't know. I would think I would be like turned inside out. So excited. And I think he carries it very well, <laughs> but I know I was really nervous for him going into it, but um, I, I hope that she has other opportunities like this to, for other people to be on the show. I think it certainly made his day and it's, oh man, so much fun. Yeah. Well, they were, I think it was on the Mike Schmidt episode that she, was talking about Kickstarter. He he. Mike Schmidt mentioned that his yes right uh, took him to New York, you know, and he raised uh, money to go on this trip and just hang out with them, and that's so cool. So I I think that would be awesome if Allison did something along those lines. Even you know having fans come on the show or uh, you know um, meeting fans in some capacity. Definitely more live shows would be awesome. I know she did a lot more before, which I never made to any of them. And the at LA Podfest in September, I'm going to that. I have to. Um, it's it's silly that I haven't because I live close enough. Yeah, I'm super jealous and super happy for him. He made it really interesting. He brought he brought something really cool to the show. That was oh, I was just gonna say maybe there's hope for all of us. We could all get a like a little ringside seat to the dining room <laughs> studio. Right. <laughs> oh, and that's what I told him. I said, I don't even care if I'm on the show. I would love to just be able to sit in the corner and observe it. I, I think to be a fly on the wall. Yep. Would be right. And he got to do that. And I got to ask him about, you know, some of the questions that I had. And he just kind of, you know, and he kind of said that that was kind of the, the funnest, the most fun part for him also. Um, I think it was nice that he gave us all shout outs, um, especially, you know, to the original JMO Patrol people that, I mean, and to Brienne for starting the show, which we never would have had this without her. And I know he was nervous and he gave her two shout outs, but I know he, you know, gave her the one for the candle because that was her and Ashley's idea. And then at the end, he kind of like, you know, throw back to the JMO patrol because without this show, he wouldn't have been able to be part of a lot of things. You know, it kind of led him to everything. So he was thankful for that. I got to talk to him more about that. But anyways, I thought that was really, really neat. Yeah. I, uh, the JMO about, saying bless you when people sneeze. Um, I, this made, this made me really happy because I have this feeling all the time. I, I don't say bless you when people sneeze. I, I don't really, well, I, I've been, uh, chastised for it in the past from coworkers who think it's silly, you know, because it's a superstition and why, why would you say that? And then I've also, had um situations where people are really annoyed with me that I don't say bless you when they sneeze. So um but it just hearing them bring this up was um I felt kind of vindicated to hear Jenna say, 
you know, oh yeah, don't say bless you for, <laughs> especially for multiple sneezes. I was like, yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> when, yeah, when I, I, think about bless you sneezing. I don't, I don't care if someone says bless me or not, but I, I certainly don't get mad if someone does. Yes. Yeah, you know? right, right. yeah. Cause it's not like it's a mean thing. It's not like someone is, Oh, I'm going to be really mean to you and curse right. you or something. It's right. like, it goes right. back to that, the niceties in life that we're all starting to lose the opening the door for a lady and she gets mad at the guy. It's like, really? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like I, right. The, I mean, the bless you is just sort of an acknowledgement like, Oh, you just sneezed. You okay there? You know, yes. it is um, just a polite thing. And I definitely still do it, but I do second guess myself sometimes because I think, what if this person says, well, I'm not, you know, whatever, whatever they, like you got chastised. Right. That's I'm, I do have that half of a second of, I might get chastised here, but I like to say, bless you. It's just nice. <laughs> That's nice. I, I can't imagine my reaction if someone did get mad. I mean, I don't think I've ever experienced that. Right. Just, you know, just I'm being nice. Yes. Okay. And those, <laughs> those are the times that I wish that I was an asshole and I just turn around and sock him in the face. <laughs> right. <laughs> I should have said. No, no. But with the multiple sneezes, I definitely say bless you the first two times. After that, I'm like, well, you're on your own. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, and I'll get that too because um, we have a lot of pollen in our yard and our my wife's plants and stuff. So um, sometimes I'll 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 go on like seven or eight sneezes if I get in, like <laughs> some kind of fit. And after yep. the second time, the bless you is out. You're on your own. Yep. <laughs> you're good. You're covered. Yes, you're covered. <laughs> Uh, Ray, do you have a JMO from one of these episodes? Oh, the one with um, uh, my man Lee Bruin with the snakes. Um, I, I not only would I jump if I saw a snake of any kind. Uh, I don't know about you, Lisa, but we have a lot of lizards in our yard here in Southern California. Um, they're they're just little alligator lizards, maybe four to six inches long, but they they they're they're so like furtive and they run so fast. They, they like, Oh, Oh, it's just those guys. There's, there's not, they're not poisonous at all, but they're, they're surprising <laughs> and they're, and they're kind of ugly. They look like little alligators. Um, but I, of course, I don't know. I think that's, that's human instinct to jump when you see a snake, even if it's a little garter snake, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. Just the, the slither, the slither motion, you know, right, kind of makes right. you recoil. Well, yeah. don't uh, don't you have like copperheads in your part of the country? Yeah, yeah, there. I, I mean, you won't see them. You you have to go kind of out into the into the woods, you know, to really right. see um, snakes. But yeah, they they do just exist kind of in the wild around here. So I, I mean, growing up, it was always just if you see a snake, just don't mess with it, you know, because we do actually have poisonous snakes around here. Right. Now, I grew up in Massachusetts and we didn't real we had rattlesnakes up in the mountains, but um where I lived, we didn't have poisonous snakes, but we we had garter snakes and a couple other different kinds of snakes and some of them would be like 2 to 3 feet long. Yeah. Uh, I I you've got to have nerves of steel to not like, you know, just come across one and just like, oh, that's a that's a corn snake. That's not poisonous. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, they're, they're scary no matter what. 
maybe yeah. if you're really into snakes, <laughs> you can identify right. them that quickly, but uh, not me. Well, I didn't really pick a JMO for for this week, but I did. I know last week I talked. Unfortunately, the recording didn't work last week when I was recording with Raphael. Half of the show did not record, so we talked about repeat JMOs, and that there are a lot. And we didn't really want to take Allison to task for this because we think you know, last year and older fans, the people that have been around like us, maybe we're going to hear repeats. But all the new people, and the show is basically new, so. We're going to give her a break on that. But okay. this week, <laughs> Alicia Sawyer talked about holding her breath, you know, around people that are, sound sick or who are coughing. And last week they had one that was very similar, holding, holding their breath because of coughing. I think it's almost the same thing. Anyways, last week, very similar. Not to be mean or anything, but I, I think we, I know we had that one with the old gang and now we've had it twice. <laughs> And now it just sounds like I'm just being a giant cunt. So, anywho. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was reminded of um, my short time in, in Paris. I, I went to a manufacturing plant um, outside of Paris. And um, meeting the people, they were all very nice and friendly. And then I met, like, a, a production manager or somebody. And he was uh, Middle Eastern or something. The fiercest bo i've ever smelled and and it was like this whole office was like you could almost see the bo like seeping out of the door and i could smell it in the hallway oh yeah you have to come meet this guy and I, i'm like oh my god it was it was it was powerful <laughs> and i'm like, like <laughs> and i'm like all the other people are you know regular normal french men but I, I don't know if they're immune to the smell or what i'm like come on do you are you like nose blind it just, oh, my eyes are watering it's so bad that is just like the the seinfeld episode where where they get in the car and the bo has been there and elaine's like what am i heart of smelling and then she's like and then they say, it's, it's bbo <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, that, that's, that's a rough one. Did you hold your breath? <laughs> I, I, as much as I could, but I had to say hi. Oh yeah. You're a huh. You just do an uh, exhale. Uh, hi. Fortunately, he was, he was busy. Oh, hi. How are you? Yeah, welcome. Sava. Moved on. I'm like, <gasps> and I went back to the manufacturing plant where they're machining and all the smells of burnt metal. I'm like, oh yes. Thank goodness. All you know, toxic, familiar manufacturing smells that I, I know and love. The more that I hear about people holding their breath, the more every time I hear this story with this JMO or whatever, when they talk about it, I think, well, now you're sucking in their germs and holding them in, which, but it's, I do the same thing, <laughs> but I try and do like hold my breath before I'm passing someone or whatever. But you you're minimizing it and you're not bringing more in. Okay. Okay. There's a method. <laughs> I got it. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, you guys, this has been really fun. I want to say thank you guys for being on the show. It's so fun to talk to you, Ray, and it was fun to meet you, Beth. I hope you will be on again. I'd love to. Yeah, I had a great time. Yay. Um, yes. Nice to meet you, Beth. Yeah, it's great to meet you too, right? I know the two of you need to start a podcast. You both have great voices. <laughs> <laughs> no, please. Oh, come on. Um, and I want to thank everyone out there for listening to the show. Thank you, Allison, again for the shout out. Um, thank you, everyone, for making this show possible because it's really fun. It's so much fun to talk to all of the Allison people out there. 
And if you love Allison, which I know you do, support her show by going to her website, allisonrosen.com. Support her in every way you can because, I mean, why not? Uh, if you want to be part of this show, email us at bffancast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at bffancast. Follow me at jmos and bffs. Ray, where can we find you? I'm uh, Ray Morgan, III on Twitter. And anything I have to promote, I'll, I'll tweet. So that's about it. And Beth, where can we find you if you want to be found? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at epjeff. And on Instagram at E.P. Jeffries, J-E-F-F-R-I-E-S. All right, great. Thank you guys so much and good night. Bye.